Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Back in the early 1930s, when the nation was going through a deep economic depression, there was a pastor who decided, you know, I think I'm going to write some thank you notes. He wanted to write thank you notes to people that had really inspired him, influenced him, blessed him, helped him, and so forth. And so he did. And he wrote one of those thank you notes to a former English teacher. In just a matter of days, she wrote him back. And here's what she said. She said, Dear Willie, I can't tell you how much your note meant to me. I'm in my 80s, living alone in a small room, cooking my own meals, lonely, and like the last leaf of an autumn lingering behind. You'll be interested to know that I taught in school for more than 50 years, and yours is the first note of appreciation I ever received. It came on a blue, cold morning, and it cheered me as nothing has done in many years. That lady needed a buoy. She needed something that could lift her up and boost her. And she found it in this man's thank you note. Have you ever considered how important that gratitude is? You know, I think that gratitude is something like a buoy. You know, last year, somewhere between New Zealand and another small island, a Lithuanian engineer. He fell overboard off of a cargo ship. His son told the reporters, well, here's what happened. My dad was working the night shift in the engine room, and he began to feel lightheaded. So he decided he would go out on the deck for some fresh air somewhere around 4 a.m. So when he went out, he passed out, and he fell overboard, and the ship crew did not know that he would had fallen for six hours. The man, meanwhile, that's in the ocean had no life jacket, but he noticed a black dot as the sun began to rise. So he just swam with all his strength toward that dot. And what he discovered was it was an abandoned fishing buoy. He clung to it until finally his ship had turned around and come back on the same course and they found him, but it was 14 hours later. You know, I think that there's a man in our uh, Bible passage today that he also was sort of in an ocean of discouragement. Maybe that's where you are. And maybe you need something like gratitude to help you so that you can just swim to that gratitude and it will give you a boost. Let me share with you what's found in Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want to share with you this story about this uh, leper who, along with nine others, was healed of the leprosy, and yet nine of them didn't return, but the tenth leper, he came back, and he came back to say thank you. Do you go back to the Lord to say thank you for what you have? I want to share with you a few observations that stood out to me uh, from this passage, and they all relate to thanksgiving. The first observation related to gratitude would be thanking the Lord for his presence. Aren't you glad that God is here? You know, it says he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, in that village is where he met those 10 leopards. Do you know that it's Psalm 46, uh, verses 1 through 3, the psalmist is saying he's not going to be afraid, even though there are four scenarios, the earth may give out, the oceans may roar, and all these different things. But why is he not going to be discouraged? Because God is a very present help in his trouble. Another expression of gratitude can be found in Psalm 91, verse 15, where the Lord says, I will be with him in trouble. Luke was unable to pinpoint in this passage we're looking at in Luke 17. He's unable to pinpoint the exact location. Jesus was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Let me tell you, that was a risky place to be. Luke 9, 51 to 56 tells us that there was a lot of animosity between the Samaritans and the Jews at that time in that region especially. As a matter of fact, two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, said, you want us just to call down uh, fire from heaven on this Samarian, uh, Samaritan uh, group that has not welcomed you in their village? See, the lives of these 10 men were about to be changed. But I refer to this as overlapping encounters because this is not just the miracle that happened for one man, this is a simultaneous miracle that took place for 10 men all together. Reminds me so much of Fanny Crosby's song, Pass Me Not, While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. I, I'm so thankful that God passed me by, that he came my way, that he's with me every single day. As a matter of fact, to every believer, the Lord made a promise. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I want you to watch what happens in verse 12, where the overlapping encounter intersects with the overwhelming need. Luke introduces us to 10 men living out there in this desolate area. These 10 men were lepers. You do recall 
what Luke did uh, for his livelihood, right? Luke was a physician. That's what the Bible tells us in the New Testament. And so he knew right away that these men were lepers. They were outcasts because of the seriousness of the disfiguring skin disease. That disease was also contagious. That's why these lepers, these 10 men, they had to live in isolation. No one could touch them. They had to always be going through any kind of area where there were other people involved and shout, unclean, unclean. They had to say it about themselves. Wow. But if you want Jesus to help you, then you have to remember where to take the need. You move closer to the Lord, not farther away. He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. We have to close the distance with Jesus if we want him to help us with our overwhelming need. We also, we also have to talk more to the Lord, not talk to him less, talk to him more. They lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When they said, have mercy on us, I couldn't help but think, yes. And if we have an overwhelming need, we also need to approach the Lord with humility, not pride. Well, let's move on to a third observation about gratitude that I think is also found in this true account. You see, it only came after they trusted and obeyed what I would consider an overextending command. It was more than they could handle. Of course, they were commanded to go and show themselves to the priest. That's exactly what Leviticus chapter 14 says. If you're ever healed of leprosy, before you can ever go back around people again, you must be examined by a priest. So that's what they were going to have to do. But here's the kicker. It says they left and the leprosy was still on them. They still had leprosy, even when they left, right? That's what I wanted you not to overlook here. It says, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So something happens while they're on the way. But I couldn't help but wonder, would they have been cleansed if they had chosen to disobey God? You know, sometimes what robs us of gratitude for the goodness of God is a refusal to stay within the will of God. It says here quite clearly, as they went, he told them go, and now they say, okay, we'll go. And as they went, they were cleansed. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, I think that God sometimes tells us to do something, and it seems so overwhelming, so overextending. It's like, I can't do that. But at the same time, if we'll do it, then we may find ourselves where they found themselves immediately afterward. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. You know, leprosy or the word leper it occurs 68 times in the Bible. Like I was saying earlier, it's like an infectious skin disease. It didn't always kill, but it certainly lingered, causing skin tissue to degenerate, deforming the body. 
It also attacked the nerves. We're not told what kind of symptoms these 10 lepers had, but we know that in general, it would disfigure the hands and the feet and the face. Earlobes would thicken. Your nose would collapse. Fingers would curl into a claw hand. Wow, you would lose your sense of pain. Skin would become scaly. It was quite noticeable, really. And so don't you know that when those 10 were walking together and suddenly one says to another, hey, your leprosy is gone. And he says, so is yours. And all 10 of them notice, look at this. This is incredible. I know that all 10 of those men were grateful, but only one man chose to go back and to express it to the Lord. You see, when he went back, there's something we can observe about overflowing gratitude when it just springs up from your heart. You see, overflowing gratitude doesn't care what others do. I don't think it mattered to this Samaritan leper whenever he noticed that his leprosy was gone, whenever he noticed that he was healed. It didn't matter to him that the other nine did not choose to go back. I think he was just so thankful. He said, I don't care if anybody else goes, I'm going back. I believe that also overflowing gratitude, it doesn't care if others hear. Did you see that it says he was praising God with a loud voice? You know that word right there, loud? You know what it is? It's megalese. It's the word we get when we make our word megaphone. It's when your voice is extremely loud. And so what he was doing, he was using his voice to honor God and to thank God, to praise him for giving him the healing. Overflowing gratitude doesn't care what others do. Overflowing gratitude doesn't care if others hear. And overflowing gratitude doesn't care if others see. Did you notice where this man went? When he went back to Jesus, it says he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. I wonder if others noticed that. They saw him do that. He didn't care. All he cared about was one thing. And I believe that overflowing gratitude only only cares about thanking God. Is that the description of your life? You know, a long time ago, President Abraham Lincoln once said he felt like that ingratitude is one of the greatest sins whenever we fail to do it. And so that's why, for me, another observation is this tendency toward overlooking our blessings, tendency toward overlooking what we have been given, because we always are going to look at what we wish we had or what we don't have. But what if the Lord checked our, not our IQ, our intelligent quotient, but what about if he checked our GQ, our gratitude quotient? You know, little by, there was a little boy who was given an orange. And the man said, here's an orange. And he gave it to him at a church potluck. So his mom noticed that the boy just turned and walked away. So the mom went over to her son and she said, hey, what do you say to the nice man for giving you the orange? And so the boy got a smile on his face and he went back to the man who gave him the orange And he held the orange back in the direction of the man. And he said, peel it. 
<laughs> I don't think that's what she had in mind. But of course, Jesus did not command the lepers to come back and give him thanks. But you know what? Based on what he says to that leper who did come back, I think he was surprised that the others did not. And I think he was really pleased with this one man who came back and said, I want to say thank you. Jesus asked the grateful man three closely coordinated questions about the nine. He said, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? How about that? You know, that last question seems to slice wide open the real heart of the issue. The heart of the issue was God was not the center of their thanks. They were just simply grateful that they didn't have leprosy anymore. So now maybe they would go and get a job or they would go and tell their families or something like that. But they never thought, you know what? God did this for me, and I'm going to make sure that he knows how grateful I am. Look closely at verse 18. It says that he found, he said, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. You know, the highest praise that we give to God, it shouldn't be circumstantial. It should be character related. We should come back and say, God, you are so good. I want to come back and praise you and thank you. That's what real praise is all about. Well, I want to also uh, share with you one last observation. It's what the Lord said in verse 19. The Lord says to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You know, the CSB says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. How about that? Your faith has saved you. You see, nine men were eventually declared healed of leprosy. That's a great miracle. That's awesome. Nobody could have done that but God, right? That was great. But only one man was restored, not only in body, but also restored in soul. Because Jesus, when he says, your faith has made you well, I think he meant more than just your body is physically well. I think he meant there's something well with your soul. You know, the same word is used in Luke 7:50 when a sinful woman uh, anointed the feet of Jesus with ointment and he forgave her. And you know what he said to her? Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Wow. You know, there's so many uh, great truths that are found in this ocean of truth that we know as uh, Luke chapter 17. If you were to go back and read the whole chapter sometime, verses one through four reminds us of forgiveness. Forgiveness not only uh, from God toward us, but also of us toward others. Forgiveness of others. Verses five through 10, faithfulness to assignments. These 10 lepers, well, they all did what he said, so faithfulness to assignments. But only one of them turns back to express thankfulness for blessings. If you were to read the last part of the chapter, verse 20, all the way down through verse 37, you would see the preparedness for the last days. You know, if you were to compare uh, thankfulness 
to like a port of call, then thankfulness to the Lord runs throughout the Bible. 102 times people pull into that port and they say, Lord, I want to thank you. 102 times in the Old Testament, 71 times in the New Testament. Are you giving thanks to God? How can someone give thanks to God when maybe your life circumstances are miserable? Certainly these 10 lepers, their life was miserable until they uh, met the Lord and he healed them. But you know, verse 17, you praise God for who he is. In verse 18, you thank God for salvation in Christ. You know, there was a pastor a long time ago uh, that uh, served in Eilenburg, Germany. And he was there during the time of the 30-year war. The 30 years war happened in Europe. It was a terrible time when 8 million people perished during those years of that war. As a matter of fact, this pastor, he would care for the sick, he would care for the wounded, and he would bury the dead. In his ministry, it's recorded that this man buried 4,480 people. Can you imagine 4,480 people? They say that some days he, he would do like 50 funerals a day because it was a terrible plague that also swept through that area. But in the midst of all the suffering and all the loss, this pastor, Rinkhart, he wrote a hymn. It's amazing that he wrote this hymn. It's amazing because it's an expression of his gratitude. It was like the buoy that kept him floating through all of that sorrow and all of that suffering and all of that death. The song is called, Now Thank We All Our God. The second verse of that song says, Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us, to keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills of this world in the next. Wow, profound the depth of that pastor's uh, hymn. You know, what about you? As you come upon the Thanksgiving uh, season, will you be going back like the Samaritan? Will you turn back and say, Lord, you've been so good to me. I want to worship you. I want to give you the thanks that you deserve. I hope that you will. Just remember, if you feel like you're going under in life, swim to the buoy of gratitude because it will keep you floating because gratitude and depression are completely opposite. You can't do one and do the other one at the same time. They're mutually exclusive. Either we're going to be downcast or we're going to be grateful. I want to encourage you to swim to the buoy of gratitude. Give God thanks. There are things that you can say thank you to God for his blessings for. Let's go to the Father in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for this time to pause and give you thanks, to look at this record of one man out of 10 who chose to go back and to say thank you to Jesus. May we be like him, regardless of what others do, regardless of what others think about what they hear us say, regardless of what they see us do. I pray that we would say, I'm going back. I'm going to thank the Lord. He has been so good and gracious to me. 
He has been faithful. He's been present in my life. He loves me. He's had grace and mercy upon me. He strengthens me. And so, Lord, uh, bless all my friends. Give them a wonderful holiday season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening again today. Pray that God will bless your day. Bye-bye. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.